look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back. You're on News Talk 770, More Than Money. You're here with Dave uh, Faisal, not with me on this particular segment. We're going to talk a little bit about um, about wills and estates. You know, uh, we often get these situations, like we had Prince not too long ago passing away um, and no will. Uh, so we use that as an opportunity to talk a little bit about what the process is uh, if you die intestate or without a will. We've had Jerry Lewis uh, pass away recently, <clears throat> and there's... Um, uh, some interesting details around his his particular estate. He has chosen to specifically write out uh, six of his children, six of his kids from his first marriage. And so we thought uh, it might be an interesting review of what that process is. And so if you're in a situation where perhaps, um, you know, there's a family dynamic at play or you're concerned about uh, leaving a big uh, chunk of money that might drive alternative lifestyle. How do you handle those situations with the kids if you're in one of those situations? And to help us understand this, we've got Catherine Zhang with us. She's an associate with Walsh LLP. Catherine, welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Dave. So, um, yeah, Jerry Lewis writes out six of his kids by name in the will, whatever his reasons are. Um, I'm a little bit interested in your take um, on, you know, the potential reasons uh, broadly based that somebody may in fact want to write out or not include uh, their children in a will? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, And, you know, we see this more often than you'd think. Um, And there are two reasons, main reasons, we find that um, children get written out of the will. The first one is estrangement. So um, if, you know, elderly person comes in and says, I want to, I have three kids and I want to write one out of my will. The follow-up question is always going to be, um, what is the reason for that? And uh, most of the time it's, well, this particular child hasn't contacted me for years and years. Um, I have no idea where they are. We haven't spoken in a very long time. Uh, They never come to visit. They don't care about me. And so therefore, I do not feel uh, that they're part of my family anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's, a, um, that's one reason we, we find very commonly. The second one you kind of alluded to is um, there are concerns about um, fueling a particular lifestyle. Um, and, you know, depending on what the testator's concerns are or what the client's concerns are, um, there's different solutions to each of these concerns. Um, in respect to fueling a particular lifestyle, we often go forward and talk to clients about, well, um, how would you feel about setting aside some funds and putting that subject to protection mm-hmm. um, rather than uh, just completely cutting them out of the will? And that usually takes the meeting in, into a, a, a different direction. Yeah. Uh, but those are the two common um, situations that we see. Okay, and and for people that are listening, if you know if you've got any of those dynamics at play, um, I think it's important to note that it's um, it this has to be thought through very carefully and planned for very carefully. Um, so it's not as easy as just waking up one day and saying, "Okay, they're out of the will." Um, maybe talk to us a little bit about the uh, the process. So if in fact 
the uh, the decision is made to write out a family member, a child from a will. What do you need to think about? What do you need to document? What do you need to do to ensure that um, that the executor is not going to be left with a massive uh, uh, a fight on their hands when a child contests it? Right. Um, that's a really good question. Um, there are a couple of considerations. Um, the first one being um, figuring out whether or not this particular child would otherwise have a claim to the estate. And mm-hmm. so uh, the most common being, are they a dependent adult? Are they dependent on you uh, during their lifetime? Are they unable to um, earn a living or earn a livelihood based on uh, a current disability? And that automatic, if that's the case, that automatically puts you in a position where, um, at least in Alberta, the legislation um, expects you to set aside an appropriate amount for that dependent. So mm-hmm. uh, the discussion then you need to be having with with your lawyer is well it can i can i put this uh child outside of my will, or am I automatically thereby exposing uh, my estate to litigation? Mm-hmm. Um, if that's not a consideration, uh, then you want to do a couple of things with your lawyer to make sure that you've um, provided as much explanation um, as possible, maybe not necessarily in the document itself, in the will itself, mm-hmm. uh, but papering those um, reasons. So if it's estrangement or if it's, um, you know, you've loaned certain sums of money during your lifetime to this particular child uh, and you want to be fair to the other children that may be receiving a portion of your estate. Those are things that you want to um, speak with your solicitor about and make sure that they're um, keeping notes accordingly uh, Mm -hmm. because those are the types of considerations and types of, um, I guess, facts that children on the back end will argue about uh, when you uh, it, when the will is read and there yeah. is a disagreement about the ultimate distribution. I think that's you make an interesting point, something for people to think about. So we have lots of conversations with clients about about gifting to the children, whether they want to gift during their lifetime or you know whether they want to leave the gift through the estate. And the gifting in the lifetime is interesting, right? Because it depends on uh, on everybody's recollection at the end of the day, uh, whether that was a gift from as you know makes up part of the estate, so it's a an advance payment on their portion of the estate, or whether this was just mom and dad giving you know giving right. some money. So to your right. point, I think um, if somebody's in that position or thinking about being you know they want to be good parents, they want to see this money be used for a down payment on a house or something to help them in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. But it is to be fair to other kids if they haven't mm-hmm. done it for both. How do you document that stuff, or what should you put in place? Um, there's a couple of ways about going about it. I would say, you know, if you're at the stage where you haven't yet dispersed the funds, then it would be really helpful for all the parties involved to to document that, to put a, you know, a letter of intention in place to say, yes, we're mom and dad, we are giving you a child X amount of money, and this money will be intended as follows. So you can then say, going to be an advance on your estate or this money is not going to be calculated against the estate and that document is going to matter when you do the estate planning and when you do the drafting and particularly at the execution stage so uh, when the will um, is read and the executor is appointed the executor is going to want to know okay during mom and dad's lifetime they provided child a with a portion of money do i calculate that as part of the inheritance or what do i do Uh, and so in addition to having executed that document 
um, you know, at the time the money was transferred, having that document put on the estate file so that the executor knows exactly how that money is supposed to be treated is helpful. Um, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, well, that happened five, ten years ago, I don't have the opportunity to make that document at that time, yes. it's not the end of the world. You can absolutely, in your will, um, just make reference to it to say, you know, any gifts I've provided during my lifetime uh, to kids are to be treated as follows. And then you've given instructions to both the executors uh, and to your kids, um, you know, what your wishes are with respect to calculation of distribution. But Catherine, you can't, in that, in that uh, example mm -hmm. where it's been done yeah, years ago, um, mm -hmm. you can't go back then, is what you're saying, and write the document there. You'd have to make reference to it in the will. Is that correct? Well, I mean, if all parties are in agreement at the time, you could, you know, and child A is willing to say, yeah, absolutely, I'm willing to execute that document, that it's not a problem to document right. it after the fact. Uh, but if it might create an awkward situation, there's nothing preventing a parent from making reference to what the intention of that money was uh, in their will, because the will is 100% in the parent's control. Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so... You know, are there other ways, I guess, to pass your wealth along to your children, even if you don't want to put it in their hands directly for whatever your reasons or circumstances are? Mm -hmm. uh, that would be more through a trust. And so um, if you're concerned about um, a child's lifestyle and, you know, putting a whole bunch of um, money in their hands will negatively impact a certain lifestyle, uh, then what we can do with um, clients is set up a trust. So uh, in your will, you would say, I want to set aside an equal amount of money from my estate to go to this one particular child, the caveat being that the executor is going to manage those funds and um, take out money from time to time for this individual's behalf so they, mm -hmm. they will not have direct access to it. Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And we've talked about trusts before. Um, just maybe in a, in, a, in a minute or less, um, how often do you see um, problems with estates, children challenging or contesting a will? And just anecdotally, I'm not asking for empirical mm -hmm. evidence, but mm -hmm. just in your experience. Um, unfortunately, more often than I'd like to see, it's not uncommon. It's not um, a, an out-of-the-blue situation. We definitely get files regularly that come in um, where, where a client may have distributed their estate equally. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of the day, equal means something different to each of the kids. And so um, kids will call an account, money's dispersed during lifetime, um, gifts made to the other sibling during the lifetime and say, well, when mom said equal, she didn't mean 50-50 at the date of her death. She actually meant 50-50 throughout her lifetime. And, and we see that, unfortunately, more often than not. Yeah. You know, I asked that question, um, again, not for empirical evidence, but to suggest to people that are listening that there's lots of people, lots of great families that... Um, you know, that have good family dynamics, but money changes things, unfortunately, and people view things differently, right? So I think some time, effort, and attention um, and thoughtfulness taken when planning your estate uh, really avoids uh, a lot of the, or can potentially avoid a lot of these problems. And I dare say that nobody wants to leave as a legacy or their gift 
a, a family dispute or a rift, uh, you know, between the kids. So I think proper planning here, a little bit of work up front and thinking, which granted mm-hmm. is not a lot of fun sometimes, but it helps mm-hmm. avoid a lot of those potential problems down the road. Would that be a fair statement? It would be. And we tell parents all the time um, who do come in and do want to leave a certain child outside of the will yeah. um, that they that's completely their prerogative. And at the end of the day, they are entitled to do whatever with their estate, whatever they wish. Um, however, uh, that might cause problems down the road. It, it could produce further litigation if that child feels slighted or if that child feels that that distribution was made unequally. And unfortunately, although you can do um, a, a whole bunch of things to protect yourself from that type of litigation and to fortify yourself in the event that that litigation happens, it doesn't prevent ultimately that child's ability to to start that litigation to begin with. Yeah, good question. No, fair fair, fair point. We'll leave it at that. I want to thank you, Catherine, for joining us again. Mm-hmm. No problem. Thanks for having me. We've been joined by Catherine Zhang, an associate with Walsh LLP. Okay, so Faisal, you know, part of the conversation um, that we'll have at our, our next seminar uh, is talking about the buckets. One of them is an estate and how it's not just about income and and growth in your lifetime, it, but it's about transitioning that wealth uh, in the most tax-efficient way to the next generation. All of that's an important consideration in the whole wealth conversation. And most people don't want to spend every single cent in their savings before they retire. They want right. to, or before they, they pass. They want to leave a legacy behind. So we're going to discuss how you grow your portfolio, how you receive income, how you bulletproof that income, and more importantly, protect yourself in the event of a health issue or if you want to pass on your assets to beneficiaries or charities of your choice. And we're going to discuss that on Tuesday, November 21st, 7 p.m. at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits. Now you need to reserve your seats. So give us a call at 966-8400-966-8400 or log on to morethanmoneyradio.com to register. All right, and we'll stick around after the break because to get a flu shot or not get a flu shot, particularly as a senior, that is the question. We're going to discuss that on News Talk 770 and More Than Money. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. 